Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What they discovered upon their arrival was almost unspeakable. We are all involved in some form or another. I'm not guilty. <laughs> the dead won't bother you. It's the living you gotta worry about. Some, if I couldn't keep them there with me whole, I, at least I felt that I could keep uh, their skeletons. Hi. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Is are you, are you here for the Bad Taste Crime podcast? It's us. Oh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Do we sound amazing? Way better. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm Vicky. I'm Janelle. <laughs> let's not forget that. Um, or let's forget that. Welcome back, or welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to the last couple episodes, we were recording from home for a little while, but we are back in person in, in the studio. Studio. So much better. Mm-hmm. So much better. I'm. It's brighter in here. I love seeing your face. Thank you. Barely because there's a microphone and my computer in. The <laughs> but you know, you see my eyes, the important part. Listen, we gotta I'm do smizing at you right now. Yeah. <laughs> really all I need is your eyebrows for your facial expressions. Yes. It's all in the eyebrows. <laughs> Mad, surprised. That's it. <laughs> it's true. Oh my god. If this is your first time listening, a special hello to you. I this week I'm gonna give the warning off the top of the show because oh, wow. we're gonna talk about some kind mm-hmm. of crazy shit in the beginning so yeah um this is a show that may not be appropriate for all listeners we We're- need a trigger button where it's like trigger 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 oh close <laughs> that's not the same thing no <laughs> none of these are appropriate no. um <laughs> none of these are trigger appropriate yeah but just a heads up so before we jump into the episode this week though we are gonna head over to the newsroom Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This week, our news comes from Louisville, Kentucky. The rough place. You can place. only imagine. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, been, I've been through them. <laughs> I wanted to return to an old favorite food crime. 
Okay. <laughs> Food crowd. Okay, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What is um, Kentucky famous for? Chicken? chicken? It's Anything not else? Hot brown also, if you're not familiar with that. What? And derby pie. Hot brown? Hot brown. What? That sounds... I don't even know what... It does sound disgusting. Is it but sludge? It's okay. No. Like, what is it's, it? It's food with lots of gravy on it. That's oh. what it's called. Hot brown. Hot brown. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Look it up. Okay. Um, Kentucky. I'm afraid what I'm going to get if I Google hot brown. Hot, put in hot brown Kentucky food. Don't just put in hot brown. Hot brown. Give you just some weird fecal based. Yeah, I'm gonna say we don't. We're not kink shaming, but it's gonna be a kink that you're not yeah. gonna be a fan of, probably. Yeah. Uh. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to the news. Uh, Clifton Williams, 64, of Louisville, was arrested on one kind of assault after he got into an altercation with his roommate. Um, Williams was upset because his roommate had eaten the last Hot Pocket. Hot Pockets do induce violence. And this is not the first Hot Pocket related no. crime we've talked about. We've had Hot Pocket chucking, I believe. Yeah. What, yeah okay. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, this time it was just eating the last one, which is almost more offensive. <laughs> did they say what flavor it was? No. I'm they did not. postulate the meatball one. But, <laughs> I, I, well, I always think of, Hand like, cheese. pepperoni. Oh. Yeah. I never think of the pizza Cheeseburger is the best. Cheeseburger is worth it. When I was a kid, we would only get the ham and cheese ones. And mm-hmm. it was just, like, me and my dad that would eat it. And then I'm just like, why is this so, like, as I got older, I'm like, this is so salty. Yeah. Ugh. It's disgusting, it. but great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, after finding out that his roommate had eaten the last Hot Pocket, he got upset obviously, and started throwing tiles at him. I'm just Ceramic assuming. tiles? That's what I'm, I imagine. Like, okay. kitchen tiling or, like, Not bathroom like tiling. Not, like, tiles. No, no, no. <laughs> I think, like, 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 a, t- like tile, a tile. Tile. A yeah. Backsplash. Um, <laughs> then this sort of, like, fight started happening. The roommate was trying to fight back. But um, as the roommate got up to leave, Williams went back into the house, got a gun, and shot him in the back. Okay, so it had to be more than the hot pocket. Yeah. <laughs> the hot pocket was the final pocket. <laughs> the final uh, pocket the that final broke the camel's po- back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Williams pled not guilty. He has a bond of $7,500 um, and is awaiting, like, trial and all that fun stuff. I wonder but- if hot pocket's a euphemism for anything. <laughs> like meth or something you had the last hot pocket that would work that would work a meth satchel yeah oh my gosh um so we are going to move on to netflix kill we've got a lot to talk about this week because while we have not been recording Mm -hmm. a big thing in the streaming community has happened and that is you're not allowed to share (laughs) what you're not allowed to share your accounts. Anymore. Oh no no no! Not that we <laughs> not were talking. We were talking. Not not the shitty Netflix big thing. And arguably, this is kind of also shitty, but also good in some ways too. HBO Max and Discovery have merged mm-hmm. into Max, Max. <laughs> um, which means that all of the content that was previously on Discovery Plus is now on Max. If you yes. ha- already had an HBO Max subscription. Mm-hmm. Which I say because the Discovery Network of channels also includes ID. ID. And (laughs) they have made some Discovery Plus exclusive content. Mm -hmm. 
that is now available that I've seen oh commercials God. for. And I'm just like, we just downloaded the app yesterday because it became available on PlayStation Network. Yes. And, yeah. And we were getting so many commercials for ID channel things. And I'm like, oh, both like, calm down. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh. yeah. So I can almost guarantee you that in the next couple of weeks, we are going to be talking about some, a lot of stuff from Discovery Plus because I just watched a new one that came out yesterday. We have a lot to catch That's up so on much. and they're releasing stuff. Sorry, now I've had coffee. What? Same. <laughs> I haven't had coffee we're about to have a real long day so we're trying to like keep the pep up today (laughs) um so we are probably gonna be talking about a lot of discovery plus stuff and they're releasing new stuff i also want to say i do have one issue in general with i don't want to say all so i'll say some of the things that they release on id specifically Mm -hmm. because they do tend to have this sort of over yeah Yeah. over dramatized sometimes inflammatory sort of you know yeah there's been a about few them. a few articles about id with certain cases where they were in kind of interviewing people and it was like the person was being a little bit over the top kind of exaggerating yeah. some yeah, yeah, facts yeah. So. well and even just with the editing the music that they choose yeah. to use mm-hmm. and the effects and like it it all becomes a little the over over dramatized <laughs> yeah. where it's like okay like so with all that being said this week mm-hmm. we are talking about Jared from Subway oh, yes <laughs> I did watch I think this. it's catching <laughs> catching a something catching a sub sandwich catching <laughs> catching a sub sandwich tales of a meatball diddler I don't know catching a monster <laughs> there we go um this was a discovery plus mm-hmm show that i have now had the opportunity to watch have you also yes i watched it immediately upon release yeah so there's a bunch of time off and i am just like yeah this is and like as soon as that happened i have binge watched for like three days just stuff from discovery so this is probably the most visceral reaction i've had to like a documentary in a long time oh really I felt disgusted. Not with. Oh, yes, 100%. Not <laughs> with. I'm Yeah, that's what I mean. Not like with the editing and stuff. Like, I think it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, did kind of breach into that sort of over dramatized. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it is absolutely horrific, the shit that was going on. So if you're unfamiliar, Jared Fogel was the subway guy who lost a bunch of weight just eating subway sandwiches um was very popular in the 90s and early 2000s for years and years and years and then all of a sudden your pederast <laughs> yeah it came out that he was wicked into kids and a super <laughs> pedophile yeah uh and was charged with like child pornography and sexual assault on a minor i'm sure i don't yeah. even remember what the charges I, were yeah um and his associate was like big time <laughs> charged with child pornography and recording his fucking stepdaughters and like all that shit. Oh yeah. So those poor girls. Yes. Yeah. And they are in this documentary. Uh, yeah, they that was talk about watch. their experiences. This is what I mean. Like the whole thing I knew about this as it was happening, as he was being charged with the crimes, but like right. I did not understand like the depth of all of this and the extent and like the years and years of like grooming mm-hmm. um kids and yeah. this woman that he which that is kind of a whole other thing but this woman that he was like 
seeing, but mm-hmm. she wasn't because she was faking and like trying to catch him and like um there have been that so was so complicated <laughs> yeah there have been um some commentary online oh, about I seen any of that this woman um and her sort of like getting involved in this investigation she kind of felt something was off but didn't have evidence to take to the police so she was trying to like do her own investigation um, by posing as being like interested in Jared mm-hmm. and trying to record something incriminating to take to the FBI, who then recruits her into being their informant and she yeah. has to continue this whole thing. And it's like, it's crazy. And there has been, I think, some opinion out there that she is like attention seeking or trying to insert herself into this thing. And I think it is very complicated, like you said. Um, because you don't necessarily, you know, I feel like from the comments that he had made to her, like, you don't want to sit by and do nothing. Yeah. And Um, if she would have just went to the police from the get go, mm -hmm. they would have done the exact same thing. Like, we're going to need you to get more information. Right. Right. So. (laughs) And she would have had more support in the beginning. But like, at the same time, like, ultimately, her going to the FBI and going to the authorities with all of this is what eventually led to this sort of takedown of him and this associate that ran his um, charity, charitable foundation. Yeah. Don't trust, uh, you know, famous people and their charities. That's all yeah. I will say. Look at, okay. There's a web. I forget what the website is, um, but there's a website that you can look and it will show you all of the information on the charity that you have in question. That's mm-hmm. as far as like, what percentage of their income is, goes to the actual like charitable acts versus mm-hmm. what goes into running costs and yeah, kind of costs. ranking mm-hmm. charities based on how they spend their money so that yes you know, high just operational be costs generally are not a good thing right because included in operational costs are people's salaries yeah anyway that's fun a total fact sidebar. from working in the nonprofit world yeah. <laughs> so anyway Never charity but nonprofit still <laughs> i put a huge warning on watching this because it's oh it's fucking heavy like it oh, is yeah. some heavy shit from beginning to end would you say it's as heavy as a foot long sub oh god <laughs> heavier and there's far more sandwich jokes we need to throw into here yeah <laughs> um it's full-on baloney you're it's welcome crazy <laughs> But it's very interesting because, like I said, I just wasn't aware of, like, the extent to all this whole fucking saga. I don't know. Final thoughts? Anything? No, I He's agree. horrible. Yeah. Fuck that guy. It made me never want to eat a fucking sub sandwich again. Not even just from Subway, just, like, in general. Oh. Just, like, fuck it. <laughs> I mean. I will associate pedophilia not, with sub sandwiches. I'm not giving my up my sandwiches. <laughs> I will die on this sandwich hill. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so moving along, this is <laughs> right normal. Along. This is normally where we give the warning, but we gave it up top. So yeah. Janelle, what are we talking about today? I mean, I don't think we. I don't think we need a warning for this episode no. for the stuff. I need no. I needed it for yeah. the beginning. Yeah, because we were talking about because this is like shitty Jared Fogel. Yeah, this is fun. It's fun. Government fun. corruption. Fun-ish. Yeah, we're, but we're going like deep inside local governments. Local-ish. I mean, localized? <laughs> Would yes. that be more? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not state, not federal. Well. Oh, damn it, Vicky. You went state. It, listen, we live in Illinois. So like, yeah. it all kind of, it's yeah. not, it's technically local, but it's like. 
but then it goes there's bleeding yeah, yeah there's okay. bleeding into That's, state and local government it still it still started local yes, yeah, we'll yeah, say yeah. that yeah. <laughs> um so the reason I wanted to do this is because there's a case that I've been thinking about for the past few years. I just I couldn't stop thinking about you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and we've definitely like briefly mentioned this. Oh yes, we have 100 mentioned like way, in even, I think way back in the beginning in like the first 20. Yes, episodes and we that actually we talked. talked about a documentary yes. that was involved with the yeah. particular case that I'm looking at. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> I'm so excited. So we're I am going to be telling you the story about local government crimes of Rita Crundwell. Mm-hmm. AKA the Dixon, Illinois comptroller turned crook slash horse queen. I love, <laughs> I love a good horse girl story. Yeah. Oh God. She is the epitome of horse girl. <laughs> now we're going to Dixon, Illinois people. And if you are not familiar with Dixon, which I'm pretty sure like next to nobody is even people in Illinois, they're like, huh? Um, well, there was a president that came from there, I think. Right. Yes. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> That's in my facts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think that's what people would think of it, though, if you yes. were into Reagan. And it's like, Ugh. he wasn't, like, born there. He lived there for a portion <laughs> of his childhood. So, like, way to exaggerate it, Dixon. But it's in the northwestern portion of Illinois, closer to the Iowa border. Yeah. Um, so, like, really west. The um, Illinois General Assembly designated Dixon as the Petunia capital of Illinois. And then uh, about 10 years later, it also became the catfish capital of Illinois. Okay. And they're just grabbing at straws at this yeah. point. It's not a very big No, it's super tiny. Town. It yeah. is so small. Yeah. It is like about the size of where we grew up. I would say maybe yeah. a touch bigger. I think it's a little bigger. bigger. They have a little bit more in the way of like, gas stations and stores like they have a little bit more of that stuff in that they have one gas station. you know what i mean like it's and we don't have any but like we have gas stations (laughs) i mean in the next town over we have gas stations in here what are you talking about in union oh no i'm talking about like here where we are currently oh yes where we spent most of our time oh yeah true (laughs) i mean not in union (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is that is pretty much right that's now. what i'm saying i'm like i'm thinking about where we are currently oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it might be about the same the same size. oh yeah not, not union. that's union. what i'm thinking i'm like no it's when definitely we children, bigger union it's definitely had, like, bigger five families and you were one of them yes yeah, literally <laughs> literally um but no it's like the same you know it's a rural farm community in illinois yeah. and it's very similar to a lot of the northern um illinois little cities and towns standard midwest yes super standard midwest but we're gonna talk a little bit about who rita crunwell is and what the fuck she did (laughs) okay so rita crunwell was born rita humphrey and she was raised in dixon illinois like born and bred and raised townie yeah ain't never gonna leave (laughs) yeah which will get complicated later yes (laughs) yes it will She grew up on her parents' farm and began showing American quarter horses in the late 70s. Now, if you don't know, Illinois is actually one of the states that has a massive horse industry. Yeah. We've got approximately 200,000 horses in Illinois. It's hard to drive anywhere without driving past a, like, a stable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a billion-dollar industry, um, so to kind of raise, show horses, ride horses, house horses is very, very lucrative. Yeah. Now, Rita married Jerry Crundwell in 1974 and then divorced in 1986. She began working for Dixon's finance department in 1970 while she was actually still in high school. Ooh. So kind of just like t- 
temporary position, summer position thing that eventually turned into a full-time position in 1983 when she was appointed the comptroller slash treasurer. That was the title back then. (laughs) Well, then. Now, Dixon had at the time, and up until recently, a very strange form of government. Yes. (laughs) It was a commission form of government, which combines executive and legislative functions into a city council that both passes ordinances and runs municipal departments. Okay. City workers worked part-time for the government and had other day jobs. Yes. Which is a conflict of interest. Correct. Which is why nobody fucking does that anymore. <laughs> it's not the 1800s. Right. <laughs> so right. back in the day when people had to like run farms for their living, yeah. they would graciously spend part of their time volunteering to participate in these things sure but for this particular area and what happened as the this form of government went on you'd get paid a little bit yeah to work part-time for the government which is totally fine but like i said it's a conflict of interest because what you do in your day job is going to influence how you do things in your government job especially if you're working in the town of the government that you're representing oh yeah you know I could see it not being as big of a deal if you worked in another district. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, Rita's other day job was quarter horses. And, you know, (laughs) it's going to bleed into what happens with her. Mm. Okay. (laughs) It's always about the horses. Horse life forever. And when I was looking up this kind of commission form of government, they kind of described it as the biggest reasons that people don't do this anymore is obviously the conflict of interest thing, but Mm -hmm. also a significant lack of leadership because nobody really, there's not a structured hierarchy because everybody's part-time. Like there is a hierarchy, but it's not a hard one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a soft hierarchy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Crundwell started to get more and more involved in the horse game in 1990. And it takes a lot of money up front to make a lot of money on the back end when it comes to, anything horse related right so crundrell thought she might dip into some local government funds to help her along oh my god i I mean they're just (laughs) sitting there right like i could just use some of that Mm -hmm. i don't don't get it who would know um in december 1990 she opened up a new dixon city bank account no one else knew about oh sneaky bitch the account was dubbed quote the reserve sewer capital development account which was abbreviated for rscda and she took one hundred and eighty-one thousand dollars to start this account took it from the government account into this account yes okay so she was in charge of checks all of the finances she was the person taking checks, putting them into the bank accounts, overseeing the bank accounts, balancing the books, like all of that stuff. She was in charge of the budget for the city, which is going to be an important thing. Now, the city had six legitimate accounts with Fifth Third Bank. So she took this to another bank. So it wasn't even in the same bank, which already suspect. Right, right. right. At Fifth Third Bank, they had funds for a capital development fund, sales tax fund, a motor fuel fund, and then a couple other smaller ones. But those were the three big ones. Okay. Crundwell would move money from the Fifth Third Bank funds into this, like, account. And then she created fake invoices to make it sound like she was paying bills 
And that's why she had to put it into this separate account. Oh, my God. Yes. So for an example, she would she cashed a check for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a quote unquote sewer project. Mm -hmm. Yo. So she would bill the city for work that was either never done or that the state had already paid for. So kind of like double, double charging. Um, and then she would move that money into her own RSCDA account. I mean, it just shows so much like premeditation to like oh, yeah. make fake invoices to make it. Uh, oh, Great. God. Not just like slipping People. a 20 out of the cash. No. Box. Like, oh, I must have miscounted this. Yeah. Like, not this was very calculated. Yes. Yeah. You had to think about how could I get the money, right? Mm-hmm. Not just like... you. The simpler solution to this would be just, like, to put the wrong numbers down on the books. You know what I mean? Right, right. Simpler way to to steal money. Why you gotta make it so complicated? making it very complicated and essentially leaving a paper trail by creating Mm. these fake invoices. You know we love a good paper trail. And, like, like you couldn't just be like, um, okay, who is, uh... Mr. Simon Sewers at Sewerville, USA. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Like these fake fucking invoices. This seems like so much work. Yeah. So she stole approximately $2.5 million a year from the city. I said a year. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. 1990. For how long? Did- um, she was caught in the 2000s. Oh, my God. 2012. So a long, like years 1990 and years. to 2012. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> so the city had a budget of eight to nine million dollars a year. So she was taking a staggering amount of yeah. cash from them yearly. That's huge. In 2008 alone, she stole the most and she had stolen 5.8 million dollars in 2008. That's like... I, you know, that's when you're real, you're real comfortable. Like, no one's caught me so far. Right? From night. Okay, so that's Literally. 18 years. Yeah. She's like, I've made it this far. Yeah. Let's up the ante. Let's Might like as well. Almost triple this, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck was she buying? <laughs> so I included a link in here so that you could see pictures of things that she was stealing but i'll kind of list some stuff and then you talk about what was pictured um she bought things like three thousand dollar diamond stud earrings a nineteen thousand dollar boat with a deluxe buggy top wet bar propane grill and a playpen cover i feel like i should have like some sort of like on Price is Right. Yeah, Price is Right music or something behind me. We'll put that in post. A two million Liberty Coach motorhome with show horses. With names like She Scores, Packing Jewels, and Careful Who You Invite. <laughs> Those are the horse names. Oh, well. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay. In 1997, she spent $450,000 on a remodeled home. She added an underground garage, an in-ground pool, doubled the living space to 3,484 square feet. Now, in 2008, when she took that $5.6 million, she bought a house in Florida, a horse trailer, a Ford Thunderbird, a Chevy pickup truck, and two additional horses. So, yes, let's open these photos. What is this? So, I included a link because, as I will mention 
a little bit later in this episode, everything that she had was taken from her, okay? Um, because she was guilty. And so they went in and had to take pictures of all of her stuff. And one thing that was just amazing was this chandelier made of guns and spurs. Yes, yeah. I said guns and spurs it's the first thing that you see when you open this link and it's literally like the guns <laughs> pointing outwards with spurs sort of um kind of like it's in a holster screwed into yeah. yeah screwed into the um what do you call that the handle the yeah the butt handle. Of, like the butt, the butt of, the of the gun, gun. yeah it's, yeah um, <laughs> wow that's just excessive and the it whole is, house is this it's very wood, wood it's like western cabin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. There's this is the shower floor mm-hmm. has a horseshoe in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because because horse lady. I guess why not? <laughs> and you missed the cow hide um covers on the uh one of the uh, the little sink areas and a very wonderful like old school shaped bathtub there's some beautiful uh ice cube wall glass walls this is crazy oh my a god a tv that like pops upward in the bedroom <laughs> it's just it's, it's just, just so excessive. It's so excessive. It's there so is excessive. a very intensive air-conditioned dog kennel. Yeah. The kitchen is nice, but there's a lot of wood. So just wood everywhere. If you go down, they took pictures of the horses because they did take her horses. Yeah. But there is a picture of her horse trailer, which is literally a fucking semi-truck. Oh, there's some of the horses. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you keep going. It's got her yeah, name yeah. on it really big. Rita Crunwell and then the ranch that she oh, runs. Oh, yeah. It's huge. And then just, it is literally a it's semi. It's an 18-wheeler. Oh, my um, God. Okay. And then go and keep going and you will see the deluxe motor home. Uh, oh, my gosh. This, this is so, is, this is so, so oh this, my God, that's look at all of the, the inside is yeah. massive. So this is what she would personally take to these horse shows. The, sh- the horses would be in a separate thing and she would be in the deluxe motorhome. Yo, holy yeah. shit. There is just like, this is what she was spending all the money on. Wow. Those poor horses though, you know, I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. They just no. existed. But I mean, clearly <laughs> they were well taken care of. Oh shit. yeah. They're probably more comfortable than I am. Yeah, they had a friggin' air-conditioned vehicle. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, my God. So we'll supply the link so you can, too, yeah. see all of the excessive things. But, like, the diamond so stud much. earrings she had were fucking, like, massive, okay? <laughs> Lots of things that were themed to horses because she is a horse girl at heart. But... That is what she was spending these millions and millions of dollars on. Holy shit. As she began to get greedier and greedier, people began to notice that the government budget was getting smaller and shorter year after year. And she seemed like she was doing amazing. And they were like, oh, well, like, she also started taking more vacations and doing more of her horsework. Okay. And that became like more of her full time job, and so they're like, "Oh, they're put. She's putting more time into that, um, so that's why she's doing so well, yeah. right?" You would be like, "Oh, if you put the money in, right. and you get all these things, and you buy more horses, you're gonna make more money because you can stud those horses, or you right. can race them, or right. you know, whatever." And so people 
didn't connect the two directly, but they were tiptoeing around the mm. issue gently. Um, now, year after year, the budget was fucked. And this caused the city to have to take really, really big tax cuts so that they could break even. And in order to do that, they had to take things away. Employees went years without raises. Oh, my God. Important equipment could not be bought. Nothing could be updated or repaired. And I'll give some examples of that. So three city street repairers were laid off of the road crew, which consisted of six people. When this happened, they cut back significantly road repairs because you can't really do it with just three people. Right. So the roads weren't getting repaired. The police department took a $5,000 overtime cut for officers for an entire year. So, like, no one could do overtime, which, not that bad. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, another year, the uh, assistant fire chief position was taken away. They no longer had an assistant fire chief. And that brought wow. back in $46,000 of a salary back into the budget for the government. Wow. One year the ambulance equipment budget was cut by $38,000. Okay. Ambulance equipment. That is things that save lives. That is saline solution, band-aids, sutures, all of the stuff required for an ambulance. See, it's all good and well taking money from the government until it starts affecting all this other shit that like, and when this came out, this is what upset people because then they're like, she was taking all this money and we had to cut police budgets. We had to fire people because we couldn't afford to have these positions because she wanted to buy a horse that's fucked up (laughs) so and live lav i mean it wasn't even just the horses she was going on vacations and like living lavishly like so if she would have taken that and just put it into her business i feel like people wouldn't be as upset but she like remodeled her home bought a motorhome bought a house in florida went on vacations like took care of her whole family to go do cool things yeah fuck this woman (laughs) you could say this bitch it's fine fuck this bitch (laughs) i know you wanted to (laughs) so in all crundwell created 159 fictitious invoices purported to be from the state of Illinois to show city auditors that the funds were being deposited into an account that was quote unquote legitimate. What helped her conceal this scheme is that she was the only person picking up city mail and reviewing bank statements. So there wasn't a a check. There were Um, no checks and balances for this. She was the one picking up all of the mail so she could take away the RSCDA account invoices and things like that no one was able to know about this because no one saw anything it was all just totally secretive because everyone worked part-time for the government and her job was to oversee all the finances so we just take those invoices and send it over to her and i think there is like out a a thought a certain amount of trust that's given to local government oh too much specifically (laughs) um Especially when you're looking at like these smaller communities, these smaller towns, like they're if it's all locals, like there's exactly. a certain if someone's amount of lived trust here their there. entire life, you're like, yeah. of course they're a good person. Yeah. They couldn't be a racist or a bigot or steal. An embezzler. Or yeah. or cheat or yeah. rape or any of that stuff. Yeah, I'm just yeah, thinking yeah. of all the big things that you can do right. as a person. Murder. <laughs> right? No, they couldn't yeah. murder anyone. They yeah. are a member of the church. <laughs> You know, things like that. Like stupid shit. I feel like, like you're that. projecting, Janelle. I'm projecting a little bit. <laughs> um, but also accurate. Yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
This all, unfortunately, for Rita Cronwell, came to a screeching halt in 2011. Wow. Now, Rita Cronwell decided that she was going to go on a massive vacation. And now, being a member of the government and working there for so long, she would get like six weeks vacation, but she decided she wanted to take 12 weeks vacation. Oh, must be nice. That's half a fucking year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so she took, this is another big indicator of how much she stole. She took six additional weeks unpaid. Oh my God. So they allowed her to take off and she just didn't get a paycheck during that time. Okay. So she was gone for half a fucking year. And in that interim, Kathy Swanson was in charge of doing some of her stuff while she was gone. Sure. This included getting the mail. That's so ballsy. Doing the financial To accounts. just leave and know somebody else is going to be there in your right? shit. Like. Well, Kathy was picking up this stuff and she's like, what the fuck is RSCDA account? Yeah. And so she investigated further and she noticed that receipts for this account were suspicious. She realized that this account was holding and moving thousands and thousands of dollars, and it didn't seem like it was for anything that was legitimate, right? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) So she checked the official account list of bank accounts for the city, and this was not on there. RSCDA wasn't listed. It wasn't even at the same bank. It wasn't at Fifth Third Bank. And so she's like, okay, what the fuck? (laughs) She investigated a little bit further and realized that these invoices were not real. They were not for real things. And then she started seeing that there was stuff that was duplicate. Like the state of Illinois paid for this project, but then there's an invoice for this project getting paid out of an account. Right. And if we're getting now, if that was a real thing, like if the state of Illinois paid for it and then we accidentally paid them again, well, then we need to get that money back. Right. Right. But all it takes is one person, y'all. Just one person. When she contacted them, it's like, no, there's just one payment on this date. Yeah. We don't have any. We don't have a check from this account. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Swansett brought it over to the then mayor, um, James Burke. Burke also did not recognize the account or any of the charges on it. But also, why would he? Right. It's not like he's been looking over that shit. That's what the finance person's for. Now, I've mentioned this before. The documentary All the Queen's Horses is really great. It does a really hilarious job (laughs) of describing the exchange between Kathy Swanson and James Burke. Yeah. Like, so funny. It's so drama. Like, it's so over-the-top dramatizing of this, like, little portly woman who sits at a desk all day staring at paperwork. And she's just like, oh, what's happening? (laughs) Like, just over the top. So good. Um, (laughs) So Rita Cronwell's salary at the time was $80,000 annually. I'm sorry, y'all, but that's too fucking much. And this is for for part-time? This is for part-time work for the government. I'm sorry. Who needs to take a pay cut? Yeah. Who needs a pay cut? Yeah, right. (laughs) So during the period that she was gone... Kathy Swanson brings this to Burke. Burke then goes to the local FBI office with the account information and info and goes, this looks suspicious. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could take a look at it because we might have fraud. Yeah. Which, <laughs> kudos 
kudos to the other government employees who, as soon as they knew something was up, was like, Mm -hmm. this is way out of our expertise. Like, we're just a local government and went to the FBI. Like, kudos to them because... Well, because they were doing things with state... Mm. funds they were like uh well and it wasn't even a question of like well we should (laughs) look at this internally for it like they straight up were just like yes also i don't think they had like right anything set up to really you know because it totally could have gone that way though where they were like internal investigation but like this this government was so fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, man, we couldn't even handle this. <laughs> this looks like a thing that is not my problem. Yeah, this is a nose goes for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they started investigating and they were like, in true Midwest fashion, they were like, no, yeah, no. This is, a, <laughs> this is fraud. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Trundwell returned to work on April 17th of 2012 to find FBI agents waiting outside for her. Oops. She was taken inside, talked to, and then arrested about an hour or two later. (laughs) Wow. out in handcuffs, but handcuffs in the front because she's fraught. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I mean, it's literally like coming home from vacation too. Right. Back to 80,000 emails and you're you're like, oh, my God, so many emails, all this mail. Uh, JK, there's the FBI yeah. in your office. Yeah, right. <laughs> Makes all of the stuff you're coming back to seems like such small potatoes. Right? Exactly. Perspective. Perspective, for sure. Are those 80,000 emails that bad or could you be coming back to being arrested? Yeah. <laughs> Think about that the next time you take a break. Oh, my God. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> so... Over the course of the next few months, the news about the embezzlement leaked out into the community <laughs> because small town. Yeah. I mean, how many people saw her get arrested? Like, oh, yeah. So many. <laughs> Especially if the FBI is in town. Oh, like, that yeah. is not right? normal. They will notice. <laughs> um, So she was fully, like, you know, charged a few days after that and was indicted by a federal grand jury for embezzling $30 million in city money over the previous six years. Now, that was not accurate. And we'll, we'll explain it a little bit here. Okay. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, shit, oh, there's God. more. Oh, God. Um, so she was charged with one count of wire fraud and released on $4,500 bail for the next day. Okay. She obviously could pay that off for all of her frauding. Um, And on May 2nd, 2012, the indictment changed because she told them in her initial interview, oh, I've only been doing this for a few years. And then she accidentally said a couple years longer. She's like, back in this year. And they were like, wait a minute. Didn't you say you've only been doing this for a couple years? And it was like 10 years. And so they looked a little deeper and they went back to when the, like, Obviously, do investigation stuff. Like, when was this account opened? So they went back and looked and see when the account was actually opened, and they were like 1990. Okay, this I'm is surprised they didn't do that before they arrested her. Well, but. I think that they assumed that it started as a legitimate account, oh, and then she started. She tipped him off and was like, and, "Yeah," and then oh, she yeah. accidentally slipped that it was not legitimate from the jump. And so they oh, changed Rita. it to her bezeling $53 million from $30 million over the course of 22 years. Rita, Rita, Rita. <laughs> oh, no. They were like, oopsie daisy, we should have fact-checked it a little bit harder. 
<laughs> oh my god so much on uh, november 14th 2012 crenwell pled guilty before judge uh reinhard to a single count of wire fraud which is like what okay <laughs> so that's what they were able to get her on was wire fraud um i don't know why nothing else was charged against her at the time because like I'm sure there's more you could add to that. Yeah. Right? It, did she, it couldn't just be wire fraud. Did she go to, like, full trial? Or did she... Um, no, she pled out. So I wonder if that's, like, the... But it, part of the in the initial, um, the initial indictment, it was for wire fraud. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was like. They, didn't, they couldn't get yeah. anything else? Okay. So yeah. as part of her deal, she admitted to money laundering by using the embezzled money to finance her horse operation. Okay. So. Fair. Yeah. Yep. Cornwell was acquired to forfeit her entire assets and possessions and everything yeah, to make wild. restitution to the city, which wound up being $53.7 million in cash. And then whatever came from auctioning off all of her possessions, yes. which is what those photos were used for that we looked at. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So because she spent all of that money on her horses and homes and jewelries, um, they took 300 horses from her and that's auctioned so them off. Like, that's a lot of horses. Yeah. Um, of course, the other stuff is like, duh. Right. But right. you're like, oh, yeah, they had to repossess the horses yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these living beings immediately after the rest and her sentence saying the city of dixon bounced back a little bit because they were like oh we actually do have a budget yeah it's not being stolen yeah um the money that they received from restitution really helped but unfortunately it was not enough money to make up for the damage that had been done over the course of 22 years because when you cut a budget and you cut a budget and you cut a budget you can't really add back to that budget because you don't have the fucking money. Right, right. <laughs> so the city was trying to figure out something that they could do to kind of help recoup the additional costs and maybe get some of the jobs back that mm -hmm. had to be cut because she was stealing. And so they sued outside auditors that were hired years and years ago as part of the process that you have for government financing, oh you have to be audited to make sure that things are accurate. Yeah, yeah. No one caught this for 22 years. That's wild. So they sued those auditors that had been helping. They sued the city banker. They sued Fifth Third Bank. <laughs> they sued everybody. Wow. Fifth wow. Third Bank agreed to settle with them. Yeah. And they received $40 million from the Fifth Third Bank settlement. As I say, the, the bank is probably the least, like the not as strong claim. Like it's probably the least. Right. But viable because of claim. this, if you, so if you are taking hundreds of thousands of dollars, what should happen is that there should be a check of that. Yeah. So she is obviously the person listed on the account is the person who can take it out. But when you take out large sums of money, mm -hmm. there's supposed to be an additional check system for that. Right. So if you watch any heist movie. Yes. Where they're like taking money out of the bank. They're yeah. like, let me go get my bank manager. Right. Let right. me do this additional step. That wasn't happening. Happening, right. Which is why they felt it that they could yeah, sue yeah, the bank. And yeah. they straight up did and won. Yeah. <laughs> um, on top of that, when Crenwell's assets were auctioned off, they earned $9 million. But one of the most obnoxious things about the auction was that Crenwell's relatives actually bought most of the things that were being auctioned off. 
They bought back her horse farm and her house in the auction. And they also bought back a majority of the horses, effectively giving everything back to her when she returned from jail. I mean, you have to assume that, like, her family were also the beneficiaries of some of these, um, like, yes. major funds. Like, literally. So it's just them getting <laughs> their money back again. Like Exactly. And, of course, I don't think that they actually knew that right, she right, was right. stealing the money. Right. But they 100% knew that she was giving away things to people, including, yeah. like, vacation. They went on family vacations. Yeah. And yeah. they got to stay in the horse trailer and they got to keep like they she would give people horses and stuff like mm-hmm. to ride, not like to keep. Right. But, like, right, right. That's a big deal. Right. So exactly. Exactly. They essentially saved all this stuff from other people buying it so that they could give it back to her. Yeah. Now, the state also tried to bring Cronwell to court on separate charges from the federal ones that she kind of pled out to. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the charges were dropped before they could really go anywhere. I'm not really sure why that was the case, but from what I was reading, it was kind of lesser charges than than she got for federally. And they just didn't, I feel, I feel like they didn't want to put forth the effort to, you know, pay a prosecutor to do the thing. Yeah, they didn't want to use the resources. And because it's the state of Illinois, they were probably like, that's enough, you know, (laughs) as we do here. That's enough. <laughs> oh, God. We'll get into it. Yes. Um, Cronwell yeah. was incarcerated at a minimum security federal correctional institution in Peking, Illinois. Okay. <laughs> so, like, the lap of luxury. Yeah. Um, she was originally eligible and scheduled for release after she served 85% of her sentence, which would be about 16 years and eight months. And that would take us to March 5th, 2030. But under the First Step Act, she received... A time reduction for good behavior. So she was getting, what was it? It equals out to 54 days per year off her sentence. Okay. (laughs) So um, that's a lot. In February of 2020, her release date was then listed as October 20th of 2029 with the stuff taken off. Yeah. Now, during this time while she was serving, Dixon voted to completely change their form of government, and they no longer wanted part-time people working for Dixon. Oh, good. Oh, wow. Cool. After she was obviously fired from from her position. I would hope so. (laughs) Yeah. The city hired a new finance director who reorganized the city's finances and restructured the entire department. She implemented more internal control so that no one person would be completely in control of any of the processes, including herself. So the finance director was not the last step for everything. Good. So there was a lot more checks and balances. Yeah. Today, the city has hired more clerks that specialize in specific areas such as payroll and billing. So doling out some of the things that she was overseeing. Good. Mail is no longer picked up by one person. Good. <laughs> Instead, it is delivered straight to City Hall. Yeah. So not to a post office I'm box. I'm kind of surprised that wasn't the case already. But I guess with part-time employees, you don't want that <sighs> shit, like, sitting around. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, I worked at a library, and we were downtown, mm-hmm. and we didn't actually have a mailbox. And so people, like, the mail carrier could come in and give us mail during our hours. Mm-hmm. But when we were closed, they couldn't deliver mail. So we had to get a box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So there's little things like that. And that was a super small town, too. Right. So it's probably something like they just didn't have a mailbox. Right. Yeah, true. (laughs) Good point. Which is like the dumbest thing. I'm just thinking of like a mail slot at the city hall door. So simple. Literally. So simple. Such a solution. But also that has to be approved 
federally. True, true. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. the new way the city worked was by separating the legislative role of the city council from the executive role of the city manager, which changed from a mayor to a city manager. Um, The job function of a city manager is like that of a CEO with a code of ethics um, not to get involved in politics, right? Nice. So you are not elected. You are hired through an HR process. This is a quote from the description of why a city manager is better than a mayor. The council really becomes a board of directors and the staff are in charge of running the operations day to day. Apparently... According to um, some of my investigations, city managers who lead cities are less culpable to corruption than those ran by mayors because they are not voted into office. Right. Which is very interesting. Yeah. But also, it's, they said less likely. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're totally. I mean, I mean they still live in the state of st- Illinois. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're still in a power of position. We'll right. just say that. Right. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what state you're in. You could take some leeways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there still could be conflict of interest. Sure. Even if you work like I do a lot of volunteering and like helping out of organizations that could be a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Now, Mayor Burke, who was in charge during this entire fucking scandal, He left office about one year later after the Crundwell scandal broke, and immediately, pretty much after that, he died from the cancer complications that he was having. Okay. He had been dealing with cancer for a while, but some people of Dixon stated in a lot of the interviews that I read that they think that the scandal pushed him into his grave. I could see that. And I could see that. He was older. He had been battling cancer for years. Stress does not help your body at all. (laughs) No, it makes it worse. Yes, yeah. (laughs) In a city council meeting shortly after um, all of this broke and... um, people realized that Kathy Swanson was the one responsible for this. They proposed a citywide celebration called Kathy Swanson Day. Aww. Um, and also then this massive article came out that, uh, from <laughs> Fraud Magazine, which nice. is a thing, nice. that dubbed her, quote, Dixon's Quiet Hero. Aww. And um, she was given a Sentinel Award in 2018 for her work on taking that way to Grunwald. You go, Kathy. Um, Swanson, however, was extremely stressed out by the burden of of all of this, according to a lot of her coworkers and some of the things that she said in that interview during the documentary. She retired, like, literally after Grunwald was sentenced. She's earned it. And moved to another town. Yeah, I would say she's earned it. They never did get to approving uh, Kathy Swanson Day for the city. But... People do celebrate her yearly. Nice. <laughs> in an unofficial That's celebration really of when Rita Crudwell was arrested. <laughs> That's some real small talk shit right there. Which can be problematic because guess what? It's Rita just... Crudwell came back to Dixie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, here's the last bit. On I April don't feel 27th, bad about her being reminded constantly, no. honestly. On April 27, 2020, Crundwell submitted a request for a compassionate release with the warden of federal prison camp in Peking because guess what? Pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the same date, she filed a motion with the Illinois Northern District Court in Rockford. Her motion requested home confinement under the First Step Act. The motion also sought a transfer to home confinement based on a response to the COVID-19 pandemic. 
So she was sending out all these things. She's like, please let me out. She stated, quote, in her um, memo that she was sent out, health issues including high blood pressure and high cholesterol and her good, her good conduct while incarcerated were reasons that she should be compassionately released. Okay. It's a little flimsy, but all right. The motion was then withdrawn in May of 2020, a few days after Dixon City Council sent out an opposition letter for her early release. Get it. Oh, my God. Yes. I love this. But another motion was sent out, (laughs) and she was granted home confinement on May 21st, 2020. Oh, my gosh. She was released to home confinement, and her official release date was still set for October 2029, but she is under house arrest in her former home that is now owned by her brother in the city of Dixon until October of 2029. Oh my God. Which guess what y'all bougie, not that far away. Yeah. Now this home confinement means she has to wear an ankle bracelet. She can only go outside for short periods of time within a certain distance of radius. And in order for her to leave the facilities that she's in, she has to send like a letter and get it approved within 24 hours before she can leave. Yeah. Yeah. So her release and coming back to Dixon put the city in a full fucking tizzy. And this is a quote from someone. (laughs) He said, quote, it is a complete travesty of justice. It opens some wounds, but I think the community is past that as best as we can be. Sure. Um, So Crenwell is still in Dixon and she is still technically under house arrest in the home for the crime of stealing $53 million. Yo. And scene. Oh my God. (laughs) So much money. Yes. Oh my God. What would you even do? What would you do with $53 million? Buy a house, invest the rest. That's great. I would pay off all of my debt. Yeah. Also that. Like pay, it'd be literally be like buy house, pay off debt, and then invest. I would pay the rest off of all it. my debt, and I, I'm yeah. a little bit leery of investing. So I'd probably I get probably, a new car. Also, I'd probably do like sneaky investing that's not yeah. technically investing. You know what? I'll tell you what I would do. I would buy a house, and then I would call my financial advisor. There you go. Because yeah. I have one of those, and he would tell me what to do. With yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like, I wouldn't like put it in the stock market or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. I, maybe, there are some smarter ways maybe to bonds. deal with your money though. Gold. Yeah, gold, I guess, is still yeah. technically a thing. Yep. Buy a ruby mine. No, that's really bad. Don't buy a ruby mine. Okay, Elon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't buy any, anything that produces no oh lithium. God. None of that. I don't care how much money it makes you. That is slave labor, y'all. <laughs> don't do it. Things not to invest in. <laughs> Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Are we staying in Illinois? Yeah. We okay, are staying yay. in Illinois. I like yeah. a home vacation. So when you <laughs> picked this topic, to be honest, we I like was... Illinois, obviously. Well, I wasn't <laughs> sure if you meant like local to us mm. or local in general. Yeah, know? it was definitely more general. Okay. <laughs> um, but I tried to split the difference there you go. a little bit. <laughs> so I'll also say like, before I get too far into it, it's a story that... I've been keeping my eye on it for a little bit, but some of these like corruption pros that they do in Illinois are very sweeping and vast. Oh yeah. So because it's Illinois. Right. Right. And there's a lot of <laughs> it's moving, old hat here. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of connections. So I've decided to look at this sort of particular scandal through the lens of just one person. And I'll kind of okay. mention some, you know, secondary characters, but like I'm just going to try to – you really – I want to talk about this, but you really got to narrow the focus on for it to make any yeah, sense. Yeah, and you we know? had to do this before with yeah. other Illinois crimes that we've covered. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. Um, so I'm going to be talking about Martin Sandoval. Okay. So Sandoval was born in 1964 on the southwest side of Chicago. Uh, from what I can tell, pretty uneventful childhood, went to like a Catholic school, uh, eventually graduated from Loyola University with bachelor's in psychology. His political career really began um, when he became the commissioner of the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. Anything with commissioner in the title, a little sus. (laughs) And honestly, like, kind of a powerful position. It's all, like, the Uh, sewer water systems, like... That is the first place that crimes go. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Garbage, water, <laughs> any of those things. Anything <laughs> involving contracts, that's yes, all. Unions, yes. mm, the mob. The mob. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So he became the commissioner in like the early 2000s, but he had much bigger aspirations than just commissioner. Uh, so in 2002, Sandoval started making a few waves when he decided to run for the Illinois State Senate for the 12th district at the same time that he was running for re-election for commissioner. That's allowed? Totally legal. Just wait, you're going to be even more mad. So many conflicts of interest. (laughs) So there was a really interesting, I'll tell you, a lot of my research came from Chicago Tribune. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, this is a lot of Chicago happenings, so like... Oh, yes. And in Chicago, we love to be irate. Mm. So <laughs> Yes, it's <laughs> there true. There you go. <laughs> uh, so there was this interesting article from the Chicago Tribune that came out at the time that kind of goes over his, like, issue of running for two positions at once. Uh, it notes that there were not any opponents in the primary for the Senate seat, and there, even if the Repu- there were some who had thrown in their hat, but they had dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, even if the Republicans put up a candidate, Sandoval was really likely to win because the district he was running for is a, a heavily Democratic. District. I mean, that's like all of Chicago. Right. There's very few. Po- like it doesn't become Republican land until you get to the burbs, baby. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you got to be like way out into the yeah. into the bur- out here. Yeah. You have to right. be pretty much all <laughs> of the rest of Illinois. Yeah. Um, so they say we're purple. It's more like yeah. we. It's more like we have a blue eye. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> 
So the Tribune had an explanation for this. <laughs> Quote, so why then would Sandoval uh, also stay on the ballot for the water district? Because that's what's convenient for the politicians. The Democratic bot party bosses cut a deal. Yep. Former state representative James Phelan, who, by the way, like, I'm going to point these out as they come along. Rabbit hole. That guy also like, More like failing all of his constituents. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> I can't. Honestly, I don't know if I put this in here or not, but like his story of corruption and being arrested and indicted before all of this like, is like, like name there. anyone who hasn't I know. been related. I know. Like six degrees of corruption should be our state <laughs> motto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so, quote, former state rep James Phelan was supposed to be the party candidate for the Senate seat. But then Sandoval decided he wanted that job. House Speaker Michael Madigan. Oh, uh, wait, that name sounds so yeah. familiar. Yeah, right. Is he also corrupty? He needs to get the fuck out. Uh, we're not a political podcast, but like. Yeah, no, this just hits home. Uh, yeah. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> so House Speaker Michael Madigan was deeply concerned that Hispanic political leaders might oppose his daughter, State Senator Lisa Madigan, Ooh, who is running for chestnut. <laughs> who is running for attorney general. So to keep Hispanic leaders happy, Madigan decided that Sandoval was in and Phelan was out. So because he's got that flavor on his last name. <laughs> uh, yes. Right? Yes, mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, so essentially, running for the water district as well, like at the time that he was running for the Senate seat, meant that he could win both spots, resign in one, which he had very clearly said, like, if I win the Senate seat, I will resign my position as commissioner. But he was still running for both. He could resign the seat. <laughs> and sorry. <laughs> because he, re what? he resigned rather than dropping the election, mm -hmm. it would allow Democratic leaders to, to install another person. Phelan yeah. as, the as the commissioner instead. Okay, so a bait and switch. Yes. Okay. Yeah, literally. <laughs> okay. So like I said, it's worth... So guaranteeing that they get whoever they want, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, like I said, this is 100% above board totally legal um we're Just not you wonder not even at the corruption part yet yeah, like how many times has this happened and we weren't even fucking aware of it yeah oh i did put this in here i'm okay. i'm unsure of like whether this like getting phelan into the position actually happened or not i was trying to find like where that transition would have happened and him being hmm. installed but i didn't really find anything um, but I did discover this rabbit hole of James Phelan scandals, including allegations of receiving kickbacks in exchange for providing business contracts. Classic. Classic mm -hmm. Illinois. Classic, Classic Chicago. flavors of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> You've got your Italian deep, beef. Deep You've dish got your, pizza. Your hot dog, your deep dish pizza, and your kickbacks. It's <laughs> and just your like, kickbacks for contracts. This is just trifecta. No, just a quadrec. What's yeah. for? What's for? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sandoval did win his election. Can we just call him Scandoval from Sc now on? Dude, girl, <laughs> don't even go there. I ripped that off from Vanderpump Rules. Yes. But I, I saw I, it is drama. You know, I love the tea. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want, I'm not into Vanderpump, but I want to know about this so bad. I anyway. started watching it because of a podcast I listened to. 
raving it's about juicy. it. And I'm just like, it's ooh, cheating. There's like a Scandaval documentary thingy. But then special like, now. I watched the first oh. I watched the first and second seasons and he had cheated on many girlfriends before. I'm like, yeah, obviously, but this is Scandaval. It's a pattern. Honey. If you guys don't know what yeah. the hell we're talking about, there's Go I, don't listen even, to page seven podcast if you're interested. Ignore all of that. Yeah. <laughs> um so Sandoval won his election and was sworn into the Illinois State Senate in 2003. He has been in the Senate through four of our governors, including (laughs) the notorious Rod Blagojevich, (laughs) Pat Quinn, Bruce Rauner, and of course the current governor, J.B. Pritzker. Anyone, as anyone who lives in Illinois is aware, and I would assume that like most of the country has an inkling that Chicago is one of, if not the top ranking city when it comes to corruption. We've talked about oh, yeah. it many times. We, um, we put New York yeah, running we're for like, their money. I think <laughs> the last time I looked, we were like the third time winner of like the top corruption city, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the city with the most corruption in the United States. Like, okay, I'm going to say New York, Boston, and then us. I don't think so. No, you don't think so? I don't think so. Oh, Boston's real bad. Yeah. And it. I mean, it might be bad, but like Illinois is also the most corrupt, but like I think also prosecutes the most Mm -hmm. corruption too. So that's probably why our numbers are higher Mm -hmm. than like places where they just don't. Yeah. Where they're just like, it's fine. Just quit. It's fine. So (laughs) if you just quit, everything's okay. (laughs) All of that being said, no surprise that around 2017, the FBI begins this sweeping probe into various nefarious activities. What was uh, happening in 2017? That involves (laughs) political officials. What was happening in 2017? It was just really politically upheaval because of the 2016 election. You know. I'm like, what big thing would have happened then? Um, (laughs) Changing of office. I just latched those four years out of my oh, mind, yeah. to be I, honest with I you. I think I'm fully on board the 2012 created a divergent timeline mm-hmm. and that we are living in it. Oh, totally. <laughs> so all of this, all of these investigations involved Illinois political officials. Uh, the first sort of, well, not the first. There were all of these things. I'm just going to point out a couple because there's a lot of these things happening at the same time. Um, but one of the big hits came in November 2018 when FBI agents raided the city hall offices of Alderman Edward Burke, who is a recurring character. Um, Aldermen are also etch a sketch, man. He's a recurring <laughs> character on the BTC. Um, mm-hmm. We briefly talked about Burke in episode 60. He's a flim flam man. We <laughs> in, love a flim flam man. In reference to, he had, he had some involvement with the Edward Verdoliak mm-hmm. kind of thing. So we he kind of was in that. When they raided his offices, they were very quick to put paper over the windows, like butcher paper, <laughs> um, before... Ex- Nothing to see here. Yes. <laughs> before extracting computers and files from his office, what followed was a 37-page criminal complaint that claimed Burke was pressuring a restaurant chain, reportedly Burger King, um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Of all the chains to I know. do Burger King. But I wonder so many have closed in Illinois. That's a national chain and Burger King's got money. Like they, they started here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that he was pressuring a restaurant chain to hire his private office to handle all of its tax affairs in Illinois, according to the Economist. Um, tax all evasive burgers. <laughs> although they did refuse the to I use know. the firm, the restaurant chain did provide a massive ten thousand dollar donation to Burke's political campaign <laughs> because they kind of knew, like this that was, was <laughs> yeah, like 
if we're not going to use a firm, like, this is kind of the thing we have to do. Because that money would have just gone in there anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Burke was officially indi- indicted on January 2nd, 2019, and um, pleaded not guilty, and he's currently awaiting trial. So that happens. Then in June 2019, federal agents used search warrants to search the far south side offices of Alderman Carrie Austin. She, too, has been a very longtime um, city alderman, mired in her own scandals just a month before her offices were raided. Um, Austin publicly admitted to hiring relatives on her committee payroll to serve as interns. She also of interest, nepotism. Refused to <laughs> apologize for it. <laughs> there was this very public fight between her and mayor at the time, Lori Lightfoot, because uh, Austin had been a Lori Lightfoot. Wow, that hurt my brain for a minute because I did forget that we just yes, switched. Just mayors. switched. Just switched. <laughs> um, I could honestly couldn't even tell you who the new mayor is. I forget what his Johnson? name is. I don't remember. Um, no, that might be the other guy. <laughs> yeah, so Lori Lightfoot was mayor at the time. Austin was like an adamant supporter of her, but like when this happened and she was like, I'm not apologizing for this, Lori Lightfoot very quickly removed her from her committees and her position um, along with some other stuff that happens later. This seems like removing her from all that stuff is very smart because, uh, not to spoil the end, but <laughs> Austin was indicted in July 2021 for mm-hmm. taking bribes from a private development firm. Um, she did finally resign her position on the city council on March 1st, 2023. 2020, that's, um, that's like months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going back in time? <laughs> so all of this is happening. And off of the back of the prior investigations, in September 2019, FBI and IRS agents raided Sandoval's offices in Springfield and Cicero simultaneously, alleging... You got so many damn offices. <laughs> well, and he's... Because he's a state senator. Mm-hmm. So he's got, like, his home district and the one in Springfield. Um, Unnecessary use of money. <laughs> One. Right. <laughs> so they were alleging a similar scheme where, according to the Chicago Tribune, quote, Sandoval used his official position to steer business to at least one company in exchange for kickbacks. Yep. End quote. After hours at the offices, agents left taking with them cardboard boxes, two brown bags labeled evidence. That's always my favorite, like, pictures they take is, like, when people are the leaving the offices in yeah. their little FBI swishy jacket oh, in yeah. box. Yeah. Um, and what appeared to be a desktop computer wrapped in plastic. At the same time, agents executed a search warrant at Sandoval's family home in Gage Park, uh, removing some boxes from the property with hand trucks. It's also important to note that at this point in time, Sandoval was the chair of the Senate Transportation Committee, which is huge, a huge position, especially uh, when you consider the massive transportation bills that have recently been passed by Governor Pritzker. Like, Mm -hmm. that is a very powerful spot to be in Mm -hmm. for a senator. Uh, So just two months after the raids on his offices and home, Sandoval resigned his legislative seat saying, quote, it is with a heavy heart, I, Martin A. Sandoval, do hereby resign the office of state senator. Respect for my constituents and the Senate convinced me that this action is necessary in order to proceed without distraction to the important work that needs to be accomplished for working families throughout the state of Illinois in the future. End quote. That was kind of his 
his thing. Um, if you thought this was going to be like some long drawn out investigation on him, you'd be wrong, surprisingly. Uh, on January 28th, 2020, Sandoval managed to strike a plea deal in which he pleaded guilty to federal bribery charges as well as filing a false tax return, admitting to taking $250,000 in bribes beginning in at least 2016. So let's talk about that. Oh, boy. Let's talk about (laughs) that. I'm not ready. (laughs) So the heart of this investigation is a company called SafeSpeed, who manufactures automated traffic enforcement systems. I knew this is where it was going. Or as they are more commonly known... Red light cameras. Girl, I have fucking fought <laughs> one of those fucking traps in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, it is real. It is. If you go like one, there's also like speed limit ones. Yes. In addition to the ones that lights. Yeah. And the speed limit ones, if you literally go one mile per hour over the speed limit, you will get a fucking ticket. Yeah. And they recently, I think, lowered it used to be like if you were going like three or four miles mm-hmm. over, and they recently lowered like the mileage over when the camera yeah. triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good difference to point out too. Like there's a difference between red light cameras and speed cameras. Yeah. They um, all are from the same place and do the same thing right. essentially. Right. But yeah. Uh, this so now with all of the issues with the red light cameras that are coming into light. Mm-hmm. Now it's coming to light that the speed cameras are fucking worse. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's also worth saying that um, Safe Speed is one of many companies that do this mm-hmm. um, across Illinois. They're not the only company in Illinois that provides this service. Yeah. It's a mil- it's a literally a million dollar industry because mm-hmm. the company that produces the red light camera gets a portion of the fine that is collected per like person they catch and is it's like if the claim is accurate and accepted and prosecuted, like they get a portion of that fine that that yep. person is paying. Mm-hmm. So like this is a competitive industry because the amount of intersections, especially when you're talking around Chicago, where it's more populated, mm-hmm. a lot more streets packed together, um, lots of money. And signage is little to none. So mm-hmm. you could not know that you're not supposed to turn right on red or mm-hmm. that this is actually five miles per hour slower through here. Mm-hmm. It's stupid shit like that. And it's designed purposefully to catch people. Right. And I would also <laughs> say, like, especially in Illinois, I think the conversation around red light cameras and speed cameras really picked up like five years ago when we started having um, issues in reliability and consistency yeah. and some of the things that we're going to talk about today, like this is picking up the car that's actually doing it. Right. Because you can be directly next to someone and you could get your, which is what fucking happened to me. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Janelle, you, you got a grudge against these speed cameras. So... I was driving to an art show, and I was next to a car on the inside lane. They were on the outside lane. It picked up my license plate more than theirs, Mm. and I was the one who got the ticket for going one mile per hour over the speed limit. I'm like, first of all, what? And then I realized that there were two cars in the picture, and I'm like, do you mean the other person who's obviously speeding around me? Right. Yeah, so they were only catching the right lane, not the left lane, but the left lane was what was triggering the fucking camera. <laughs> Sorry. Did you successfully, like... I did. Def- oh, good. I did. Good. That See, if you just push back a little bit, they'll be like, okay. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, so, we're going to flash back to 2015, 2016 time. 
Sandoval was serving as the transportation chair at this time. Um, The Illinois Department of Transportation, or IDOT, as you'll hear it called, uh, was considering a request to place red light cameras at an intersection between Oak Brook and Oak Brook Terrace. I know exactly where this intersection yes, is I at. Do. This is, <laughs> me as well. I work in this area. So mm-hmm. I was like, as soon as I started reading this, I was like, oh my God, I know exactly where that is. Good to know because now you know. I'm not going to say anything incriminating on this podcast, but now so I know. So you can watch for other people. Yes. Vicky. Yeah. Not to, not to tattle, yeah. but just to be aware. <laughs> so, again, according to the Chicago Tribune, quote, the Illinois Department of Transportation originally said the intersection was too safe to need cameras. Okay. <laughs> but Sandoval asked IDOT to change its mind. At one point, Sandoval told IDOT he wanted to help the agency, but, quote, wasn't getting the type of cooperation on his issues that he would like to see, according to emails uncovered by the newspaper. End quote. Quote, unquote. Cooperation, a.k.a. coercion. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, we'll talk about this in a a, a minute or two. But like Sandoval does not have any chill when it comes to like talking about these things. (laughs) Right. Like you're your own worst enemy, dude. Uh, Yeah. So shortly after Sandoval's intervention, IDOT approved the application for Oak Brook Terrace. Interesting. (laughs) Moved quickly there. So these particular cameras are in a spot that would net the company's safe speed literally millions of dollars. Uh, so obviously, they were supporters of the application's approval. Uh, shortly after Sandoval, shortly after he blocked this, Sandoval received a donation of $10,000 from the owners of Safe Speed in 2016, mm. the single largest donation that had been given from uh, Safe Speed to anybody. This, of course, raised suspicion among the locals with Oakbrook eventually passing an ordinance, quote, complaining the cameras were part of a process that sought to corrupt local law enforcement and enrich political leaders. Now, remember, like, this is around the time that the FBI is starting their hard probe into Illinois corruption, like, mm-hmm. right around the same time. And so them bitches were able to wiretap, like, a ton, a ton of Illinois political officials i'm not mad about it no no, i'm not mad about it um they got so much incriminating stuff so much including a consorted effort on sandoval's part to ensure that the donations went unnoticed Mm -hmm. um i'll include the the plea agreement documents in the show notes because like it spells all of this out and it's a little crazy Mm -hmm. uh and it's a very good read but It does spell out this very calculated plot to receive campaign contributions in exchange for Sandoval's assurance um, to block any anti-red light camera legislation, as well as aid in getting IDOT to install more cameras from SafeSpeed. It says that unbeknownst to Sandoval, the company began cooperating with law enforcement sometime in 2018. Because really, it was one person within the company that took it upon, well, I should say, according to the company, according to what has come out now there was one person acting on behalf of the company unbeknownst to the higher up people mm-hmm. that took it upon himself to sort of like provide these bribes and and okay negotiate this deal be the middleman yes one of the more interesting exchanges happened in July 2018 when Sandoval met with someone from Safe Speed at a restaurant in Burr Ridge uh, which Burridge is also like a pretty bougie yeah, affluent area. Yeah. yeah. 
So this is from the plea agreement. You'll hear them talk about company A, um, which is safe speed, and CW1 is cooperating witness one. That is the person. Okay, got it. Yeah, the person who was like kind of coordinating all this stuff. Okay. So from, from the plea agreement, quote, during the meeting, Sandoval discussed receiving payment for his official support of company A. Sandoval asked, can I bring up something personal with you? You've been good to me politically, but I've learned that there are people who helped company A get monthly um, C1 interjected consulting fee, sales consulting fee. Sandoval continued, when they have helped with the sighting of a camera on a monthly basis infinitum, uh, CW1 responded, 100%. They get a percentage of the revenue that is brought in by specific community. Sandoval said, like I did in Oak Brook Terrace. CW1 mm. agreed. Sandoval asked, so why don't I get that offer? CW1 <laughs> discussed the possibility of paying Sandoval, who said, it galls me to know, but because we've established such a great relationship, because, um, you know, I go balls to the walls for anything you ask me. <laughs> it's hard for me to swallow how people make so much off of you, right? And I got to do the work. Oh. End quote. It goes on. Is this a 20 year old intern? (laughs) No. No. Sandoval at this point is like, I want to say in his 30s, probably. Like maybe 40s. Yeah. it, It goes on. The conversation is like crazy. So after pleading guilty, Sandoval was released on his own recognizance to await sentencing. Mm-hmm. Um, he did make a brief public statement saying that he was ashamed and he was taking full responsibility for all of this, adding, quote, I apologize to the people of Illinois and most importantly, the constituents that I've served over the last 17 years. He was looking at a maximum sentence of 12 and a half years in federal prison, but prosecutors were intending to recommend a reduced sentence in exchange for Sandoval's cooperation um, in the ongoing corruption probe. Because this is not over. Like, this is still actively being investigated. So I realize, at least for me, like, this is quite a triggering thought. Um, But the plea agreement was finalized in January 2020. Mm -hmm. Just months later specifically March 2020, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Um, <laughs> How do you know that date? It will live in infamy. Yeah. The state... <laughs> the new 9-11. The state of Illinois completely shuts down in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is... I'm not joking you. It was literally St. Patrick's Day weekend, 2020. Yeah. I just had come back from my grandmother's fucking funeral. Mm-hmm. And they're like, COVID. And I was like, chill. I was just on a fucking plane. We were in <laughs> we were in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day weekend. And on the train back, I was like, I'm literally worried about walking in tomorrow and losing my job. And I walked in and lost my job at 10 o'clock the next morning. So... Stop. The fact that it was that quick, yes. too. Yeah. People were like, everyone's fired. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, so... <laughs> the the state shuts down. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in the midst of aiding authorities in this corruption probe, Sandoval actually died at the age of 56 from COVID. Yes. So it was kind of a big hit to the feds because he was like a key figure in helping mm-hmm. them sort all of this out. He obviously has high level knowledge of like the type of corruption that's going on. Mm-hmm. His name has come up in other investigations that are under this like corruption probe umbrella. Mm-hmm. So he obviously knew a lot and was super helpful in sort of steering them in the directions they needed to go in. Mm-hmm. So this sucked because they had lost like one of their main 
points mm-hmm. of contact, but they continued on in their probe, eventually charging more officials, um, including Illinois State Senator Emile Jones for bribery and lying to the FBI, Oak Brook Terrace's former mayor, Tony Rigucci, for accepting bribes. FBI agents were looking into the Cook County Commissioner and McCook Mayor Jeff Tobolsky, Tobolsky and uh, Lions Mayor Christopher Getty, Rick Heidner, who was a major video game operator, um, I think mm-hmm. still is, among a ton of other people, as well as a completely different probe into the lobbying practices of ComEd, which I didn't realize was oh. happening. <laughs> but ComEd has since been charged in oh, yeah. federal court with bribery and are expected to pay a hefty fine. Like, I'm waiting for NICOR gas to be next. To be yeah. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not I'm, to not to throw it, but all of the utilities in Illinois mm-hmm. are tightly connected to this the government, and mm-hmm. I would I literally would not be surprised if Nycor Gas came out next. I mean, yeah. that's not even a fucking joke. Yeah, and the fine that they're talking about potentially having to pay, like Hamed, mm-hmm. um, is one of the largest in Illinois history. It's like twelve million or something crazy, um, which. Is probably like a drop in the bucket to them, but whatever. That's besides the point. Yeah. Um, but at this point in time, uh, ComEd had actually entered into a deferred prosecution agreement. So we're still kind of waiting on all yeah. of that. Um, I can pretty much guarantee you that this saga is not over. I think it is very far from over. Just oh, yeah. with the... Um, just beginning. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> like amount, literally. the amount of warrants that are being executed, the amount of indictments that are coming out, and the rate at which all of that is happening, I'm like, there is no way that they are even close to the end of this. <laughs> so I'm sure at some point in the future, we will be back with another corruption episode uh, to, oh, yeah, to dive <laughs> more. It is a never-ending well in Illinois. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, we haven't even looked at other states, but... We Why? don't need to. We don't need to. Why? There's so much good material here. I mean, we did here. a little bit. Like, when yeah. we talked about the big dick a little bit. Mm, like, yeah. I, there were yeah. some other ones. But, yeah. But, I it mean. Runs de- it runs in the plains of Illinois. <laughs> yeah. The red light thing is one of these things that has fascinated me because they came under so much controversy. And so getting them out is, like, harder than putting them putting in. Putting them in. Yeah. Which it's is crazy. fucking mind-blowing. It's crazy. So, <laughs> That is the story of uh, some of the red light scandals. Some of the, let's say, recent Chicago Tale scandals. Tale as old as time. <laughs> oh, God. Tale as old as Chicago crime. Yeah. And he invented it. <laughs> um, so before you decide to run for local government <laughs> and then do some corrupt shit. I mean, just maybe abolish all government question maybe i know i I don't want to just i don't want to dissuade people from running for local government but also listen to this podcast first (laughs) hello this is margot d of the not fade away podcast this is the show that talks about folks from the music world who are no longer with us we're talking about singers musicians songwriters composers if they made a mark on the world of music we will talk about them past and future episodes include jim morrison Aaliyah, john belushi Kurt Cobain, Tupac, and Jerry Garcia. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts under the name Not Fadeaway Podcast and follow us on all of our social media channels as well under Not Fadeaway Podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, send an email to notfadeawaypodcast at gmail.com. Hope you check us out. Thanks so much. 
dismantle it from the inside that never works oh, <laughs> silly anarchist i know <laughs> i rather barter and trade money is an illusion <laughs> there's actually a few okay so like there's a few shops in elgin that are bringing back trading for goods oh yeah yeah there is a tea shop that will trade you tea if you bring an art Ooh, it's like fucking beautiful like my little anarchist heart went oh my god yes also because you have an abundance of art as an artist you're like please take some of this i love so much tea fucking tea (laughs) it's like it was meant for me (laughs) oh my god well that has been our show um what Put do you the got cuffs on it vicky because it's over <laughs> it's done the show oh Thank my you. god i just pantomime oh putting cuffs on the tiny hands for you <laughs> stupid it was great oh my god Dude, it was the most amazing thing you ever seen it's like what are you doing <laughs> tiny cuffs <laughs> So, what do we got coming up? I mean, there's a show in the yeah, fall. Yeah, we still don't have a ton sometimes. of information. So, I'm going to be honest. I haven't asked recently. Yeah. <laughs> Usually so, I'm very like, what's going on? But there will be things happening. Yeah. So, we'll, <laughs> we'll hear, we're going to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain. Um, the next couple of months for us are pretty crazy. Um, I'm mostly dying. So, <laughs> Janelle, yeah, Janelle is at the end of her master's program towards yes. the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are trying to prepare and do some recordings early. So mm-hmm. we will do our best to keep you abreast of any changes. But yes. at this current moment, recording date, mm-hmm. we have no more information other You're than. You're just going to have to check our Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and or website. Yeah. I might try to. Depending on when we find out, rec- maybe record something yeah. to just oh, like drop it to into the yeah. yeah. If you hear me drop in, yeah, it's future Vicky. Yeah. Um, hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> Did I do a good one? Hey guys. Is okay. that your impression of me? Yeah. Hey guys. I don't know. <laughs> I, we'll have to do like a side by side audio. When Tiff edits this, she'll have to message me and say that was a good, joke, <laughs> a good impression or not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, the future will tell. We do have that being said, like we do have some really exciting stuff coming up uh, mm-hmm. as far as things coming out on the feed, on the episodes, stuff that yeah. we're planning on doing. So um, just stick with us for a little bit. There's going to be surprise, some surprises. Some surprises. Surprises. Uh, that will, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have anything before we uh, finish this one out? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, no. Our sound, don't do crimes. Don't locally. do crimes. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Our sound and editing is by Tiff Fullman. Our music is by Jason Zashevsky, The Enigma. <laughs> This has been the Bad Taste Crime Podcast. We will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.